Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. Livonia resident and award-winning architect Ben Tizio is named the 100th president of the National Veterans Organization, Second Indian Head Division Association, and he's here to talk with us about that and so much more. Ben, how are you? And congratulations on this uh, honor. Thank you very much. Yes, so, it is quite an honor. So tell us about the National Veterans Organization, Second Indian Head Division Association. Exactly what is this? It's a national organization of primarily former Second Infantry Division soldiers. And uh, the organization was started in um, 1919. The division itself was started in 1917 in the First World War. And uh, two years after that, they had uh, the uh, soldiers that left uh, Europe. They came back to the US and then they started the Second Indian Head Division Association. And it's just been a group of military men and women that have served in the 2nd Infantry Division uh, since uh, 1917, actually. We're a group of about uh, 1,500 members. At one time, I think, uh, not too many years after the Korean War, there was, a, I think, about 8,000 members at one time. But unfortunately, because of our ages, uh, we're losing more and more members. Mm. So. We're just trying to attract the younger crowd, uh, the the vets that served in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. So, you know, what does it mean to be named the 100th president? Like, what does this entail? What will you be doing, your tenure? Give us some details. Well, um, we have a reunion every year. Uh, we always look forward to it. Uh, it's a good way to stay in touch. I mean, Zoom is fine and phone is fine, but there's nothing like uh, giving your fellow warrior a hug or a smack on the back and, and just chatting about the old days and some yeah. of our old experiences. It, it, it really means a lot to all of us that are still around. I mean, I'm 77. Yeah. I served in the second ID in Korea in 66 and 67 during what was called the Second Korean War. It was a, it was a period of about five years where there was constant um, interactions with the North Koreans. They were constantly coming south through the DMZ and raising hell <laughs> with us. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's it's a matter of providing leadership, trying to get help. I mean, one of the things that that we're going to be working on more intensely is helping our former vets and ID uh, soldiers to get more of their medical benefits. The, the bureaucracy is just horrendous in the VA and we've been able to cut through some of that so we can help our vets get the help that they need with their medical uh, situations. You know, that seems to be an ongoing problem, Ben, and I've talked to several veterans about that. and who say that the, the the red tape to get care through the government for our veterans, these men and women who put their lives on the line for us, for our freedom, is, is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I, I hear some of the stories. I mean, um, just a few months ago, we got a big thank you from 
one of our members that had been trying for, I think, four or five years to get his benefits. And we were able to find the right person for him to talk to. And in a matter of a month or so, he was all set. Wow. So, Ben, tell us a little bit about your service. Elaborate more for us about your service in the military. Well, where did you serve? What branch of the military? Uh, where did you know? How long did you serve? Tell us about your history in the in the military. Yeah, and thank I, you, uh, and thank you for your service. My <laughs> I um, actually uh, uh, was in the army at nineteen. I spent my basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky, uh, and then from there I transferred to. Fort Sill, Oklahoma, in artillery. I was uh, referred to as a gun bunny. And we manned the artillery. We had the, we fired all the guns there. We had the 155s, the 105s, and the eight-inch guns, the big ones. Mm. And I was, uh, that was, both of them were 18, I'm sorry, both of them were uh, 10 weeks training. And from there, I went to the 16th artillery there in Oklahoma. I served there for about six months. Then I got orders to go to Korea to the 2nd Infantry Division. I uh, actually left my home in Detroit the day after Thanksgiving and went to Fort Lewis, Washington and landed uh, at Kimple Airport in Korea uh, right a few days after Thanksgiving. And uh, in the middle of the night, we drove up to Camp Pelham, which was a couple of miles south of the Imjim River, which is also a couple of miles south of the DMZ. And we uh, arrived there in the middle of the night, like I said, and, and we just welcomed, uh, you know, with open arms by the other soldiers that were there. We were all in the same boat, literally. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I served uh, in the with an artillery battery for a little while, uh, but then uh, somebody must have looked at my records and saw that I was involved in construction because I was then um, pulled off the uh, artillery unit and put in charge of construction for the compound. So I was uh, basically the construction sergeant for the compound and we took care of everything. I had about 22 uh, South Koreans that worked for me, you know, cement masons, electricians, heating people, carpenters, painters. Uh, we took care of everything on the compound. Um, and uh, the uh, great bunch of guys, and we, we, we went through uh, summers, 110 degrees, uh, a monsoon, in the winter, it got down to 20 below where we were at. Uh, and every once in a while, we'd have to take a patrol up to the DMZ to hunt down some of the North Koreans that were spotted coming across the South Tape. Wow. So, and, you know, it was common that, you know, you became used to the hassles and you'd be driving down the road uh, as I did every day, because I used to take my men back to their uh, village and you're always on the lookout for disturbed um, uh, roadway in front of you because everything was gravel roads because they would, the North Koreans would sneak down and they plant road mines. So you have to be careful you don't, <laughs> you don't drive over one. Yeah. So yeah. it was just something that was in the back of your head. It, 
never really to the forefront, but you always knew it. You always kept an eye out. So yeah. I, I served 13 months there in Korea, and I uh, actually got home uh, the day before Christmas Eve in 67. Hmm. So it was uh, it was a it was a very interesting two years. I'm I'm proud to have served, and I'm glad I have served because it really does teach you your limits that there are very few limits, and if you want to do something, put your mind to it, you can do it. So you know that's a great that's great advice, and you know the military does uh, offer a great foundation in terms of structure and discipline that it gives a lot of people and i'm sure you could speak to that but we're also seeing a crisis in the country where the united states military has reached an all-time low when it comes to recruitment and you know they're showing that the gen z's don't want to join the military what would you say to that ben what's your thought on that what would you say to people of why join the military and serve the country yeah and i and i don't know exactly why i know we've talked about this amongst uh us old timers, and there just doesn't seem to be the loyalty to the country anymore. I mm -hmm. mean, we were proud. Now, I, I have to say, I wasn't even born here. I was born in Italy, and I yeah. came when I was yeah. four years old. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I felt a huge amount of patriotism uh, in serving and wanted to serve. Whereas today, it's like really, people, you don't get it. it it's it's almost as if a lot of these people were spoiled and they don't think they have to do anything that it's somebody else's job to do. Mm. And I don't know. I wish we could figure it out. I know one of the things that we are frustrated with as a veterans organization is how do we attract the younger crowd to join uh, the second ID? And it's, it's a challenge because uh, a lot of people are not interested. I've, run across a lot of other people that were the second infantry division and they, cause I wear my patch on my shoulder mm -hmm. also on my car and I'll get stopped there once in a while. And, I, and we'll talk, we'll chat cause we're all fellow warriors. And uh, I ask them, you know, would you like to join? They said, nah, I'm not, I don't have an interest in joining any organizations. I'm trying to forget about it. So, mm. okay. And, mm. but I don't know how do we attract the, the younger generation, they have mm -hmm. a different mindset. I know that we're part of my agenda is to increase the membership uh, in the second Indian head division association. And I think one of the keys is gonna try and tap into the social media that the younger generation is accustomed to. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, Ben, for people listening, we're talking with Ben Ticcio. He has been named uh, the 100th president of the National Veterans Organization, Second Indian Head Division Association. What would you say the value is uh, for serving time in the military? What do you take away from it? I mean, for me, uh, I remember my daughter asked me one time, she said, Dad, were you a badass? <laughs> <laughs> and I almost laughed. I said, no, but you know, when, when you got out of the military, you felt you could take care of whatever came up in life, period. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good and point. Very valuable because, you know, you don't ever want to feel helpless in a situation. So, so that was one big takeaway for me. And yeah. I saw a lot of the other men too. They were the same way. 
uh, too many guys came back from Vietnam and I served there during the Vietnam. We actually used to train uh, soldiers that were in Vietnam. They would come to Korea to our compound because we had special weapons training there and they would stay with us for anywhere from a week to 10 days. And, and they would tell us some real stories and I can see why they would, they would want to get away from the military and not participate. But later on, when you realize these are your foxhole buddies, you do get involved. Yeah. So Ben, I want, I, I, you have, you, when you came out of the military, did you go straight into college or were you in college in the military and become an architect? How did that work? I, well, actually, I, um, I went to Cooley High School in Detroit. At the time, I had no plans of going to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a construction foreman, and I figured I was going to work construction the rest of my life. And when I got to Cooley High School, I took a drafting class and uh, realized that it was so natural for me. Uh, I decided I was going to be an architect. I actually had the instructors pull me aside and say, we want you to double up on classes. We want to teach you a special year of architecture. And we want to see if you can get into Lawrence Tech because they had an architecture program, and which I did. So I, unfortunately, I didn't have the college prep uh, curriculum at in high school. So I took a year of pre-college and that allowed me to gather all the chemistry and all the other classes that I didn't take in high school. until I was qualified. And then that's when I went in the military. I actually went volunteer draft was a two-year program and then I came back in uh, December of 67 in January 68 I started back at Lawrence Tech as a freshman and I spent 10 years in night school my uh, actual last year was day and night school and I ended up also working I developed some bad habits it were called food clothing and shelter so I had to work while I went to college as well Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, so th- that's that's kind of my little history there so tell us about your work in architect you you know in architecture uh, ben you're an award-winning architect you based out of livonia i met you at the livonia chamber of commerce yeah. sitting on the board it was a pleasure working with you but tell us about your work you've worked on some amazing projects and and uh You've, you've been in the Southeast Michigan area for a while in Livonia. Tell us about your work as an architect. Yeah. I, I, I graduated, like I said, in 78. In February of 1980, I uh, received my first license as an architect, and I opened my practice in uh, 1980. And I've had my own practice for the 43 years. I still have it today. I'm very active. We're still doing a lot of work today. I'm licensed in 15 states. Uh, we've done work in a lot of different states, um, and the we tend to have done a lot more in uh, banks and uh, retail. We still do a lot of retail. Banks have not uh, been our forte in the past few years, but we've been um, very good about finding a niche. Uh, clients come to us because they know that we're good and we're accurate and and they uh, have the least hassles with getting permits with our drawings. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I graduated as well, I also started teaching architecture. I was an adjunct professor at Lawrence Tech in architecture mm. for uh, 38 years uh, at Lawrence Tech until uh, 2018. 
And mm. then I, I was not teaching anymore. Uh, but yes, and I've also been involved in the profession. I sat on the AI Detroit Board of Directors for 20 years and the AI Michigan Board of Directors for 18. So I've been involved in the profession and given back to the community. I've been lucky in life uh, to be fortunate to have been able to accomplish what I have. And it's, it's always time to give it back. That's a great point. I want, that leads me to my next question, Ben. I met you, as I said, on the Livonia Chamber of Commerce Board, and you've served on other boards. Why is it important for you to get involved in the community and give back of your time? Um, one of the things that I, I, I learned early on, and I don't know how I came about it, I, it probably had to do with my father about just getting things done. I've never been one to sit on the sidelines and wait for somebody else to do something. Um, I've always stepped up and said, you know, if I saw something that needed to be fixed or helped, then I would do it. I wouldn't, I didn't want to wait for somebody to ask me to do it. And it's kind of why I was pleased when uh, Dan West uh, gave me a call and we had lunch and he asked me to serve on the board. And I gladly did that. And it's, it's giving back to the community. People shouldn't have to ask you to do something. You sh it should be a quality that each individual has that knows just do the right thing. You know, I do things not because I expect people to thank me or recognize me. I do it just because of the right thing to do, period. That, that's the exactly. education I need. Yeah, and it does help when you have somebody like a Dan West yeah. <laughs> uh, serving at the helm of the of a chamber that invites you to sit on the board. I mean, you know, a big reason that I served on that board was for Dan West, you know, because I had mm -hmm. such a respect for him and I've learned learned from I've uh, met him many years ago, you know, and that's a great chamber, uh, Ben, oh, yeah. one of the best around. And um, can you speak to our listeners too uh, about the value of connecting and collaborating through networking with other people, the importance of that, especially in the work that you do? Yes, I mean, what was really interesting is uh, I knew it was some degree of marketing. I didn't realize how important it was until I, I actually got more involved in the chamber and I would attend a lot of their functions. And uh, I'm very well known in the Livonia community. People recognize me, everybody from the mayor on down. Uh, it's a great promotional uh, venue for me. And it is, it is very good to give back in the community. I know I've done some projects pro bono because I know the people couldn't afford to really pay for it, but it's helped them come to Livonia get their business started. And they've been very thankful over the years for that. It's, it, it, Livonia is a wonderful community. I know my wife and I talk about, we were very lucky to move to Livonia in 1994. Mm -hmm. And it's just been great. It really is a wonderful community to live, work and play. Both of our kids uh, went to through the school system. They're both college engineering graduates from Lawrence Tech. So uh, it's a great place to live, work and play. We're talking with uh, Ben Tissio here. He's named the 100th president of the National Veterans Organization, Second Indian Head Division Association, having served time in the military, serving our country in the Army. And, you know, Ben, we're coming up on Veterans Day. You know, what would you like to see how we could honor our veterans? What would you like people to do on that day? Typically, we get a day off. The government's closed. This yeah. is, you know. You know, what really would you like to see people do to honor veterans in this country? 
I think one of the things that uh, is helpful is uh, the recognition, especially for my area of vets. I remember back when I was in the military, uh, we saw the protests about Vietnam. Remember, I served in uh, 66, 67. That's when the Vietnam was building up. And uh, there was a lot of hatred for the military. And I remember when I landed in, in uh, Fort Lewis, Washington from Korea, we went to the airport and I saw two of my other buddies walk into the uh, restrooms there and they came out in their civilian clothes. And I looked at him and said, what are you doing? He said, man, I don't wanna get spit on. Cause back mm -hmm. then you were in military uniform, uh, the public walking in the airport would spit on you and call you baby killers because of Vietnam. Wow. And so it was, it was no longer a sense of pride that you served in the military. Mm -hmm. It was almost a little bit of a shame. And then, you know, through the years, people got to understand what was going on. It wasn't the uh, GI's fault for fighting in the war. That was what was asked of us to do. And so my best suggestion is seeing, especially an old timer, thank him for their service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and any advice to people listening who may be contemplating serving the military? Uh, I would say go for it. I mean, it is, it is a two years, three years out of a, hopefully a hundred year life. <laughs> And there's extremely a lot of valuable lessons to, to learn there. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the things that I, again, I walked away from the military is, is I can do whatever I want. I, I have <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. Is it because of the training? Is it because of what you went through? I mean, you figured if you could go through that, you could do anything? Exactly. And yeah. if you, you go through that training, I mean, a lot of the night maneuvers and and a lot of the hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. I mean, you walk away feeling that, you know, you don't have to worry about yourself. Yeah, yeah. How, last question, and, and one of the last questions is, how, how, does, how is what you learned in terms of discipline beneficial to your everyday life today? Well, it, it's been very beneficial, especially in my practice and my teaching. One of the things that taught me is to be organized. You, you can't be a flake <laughs> and and not follow orders or be disciplined and follow procedures and, and survive in the military. And that carried that with me into my uh, civilian life after that. I'm very well organized. And I, you know, I'll get calls from a client that we served 20 years ago and he'd ask for some information about my job. And literally I call him back. 15 minutes later because we have everything filed so succinctly that we can literally pull it up in a few minutes. That's great. And, <laughs> and it's a lot of wasted time, not wasted by being organized. And that really was a part of the military for me. Yeah. That's a great message. Ben Tissue, any last words for our listeners here on your community before we let you go? Uh, no, uh, thank you. And I, I thank especially today's service, uh, men and women that have served 
in all of our militaries. It's a big uh, pat on the back for them for serving and helping this country stay strong. Yeah, and if we can continue to thanking them and hopefully more uh, young men and women will consider serving our, our great country to continue protecting uh, our freedoms in this country. Thank you so much, Ben Tistio. Congratulations on being named the 100th president of the National Veterans Organization, Second Indian Head Division Association. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you. Any questions are great. Great to talk with you. Any questions or comments show topics you want me to get to, you can get to me, Vanessa Denha, through Epiphany Communications, or you can private message me on Epiphany Communications on Facebook, or you can find me on Instagram and on LinkedIn, Vanessa Denha Garmo. As always, we remind you to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time right here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.